All right. Welcome to Back to the Student Mindset Podcast. Today's guest, I got Brendan here. Thanks for joining the podcast, Brendan. Hey, it's good to be here, Lorenzo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, today, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, your background, where you came from. And I know you have a lot to share. I was going over your YouTube uh, channel, and we'll plug it in the show notes for people to follow uh, you got a lot to say and a lot, a lot of people to glean off of and learn what you learned so far. Uh, sure, so let's, yeah. So let's kind of get into it. You know, um, where are you from? I'm based in Montreal. My parents immigrated from Sri Lanka in the early 90s, but I'm super lucky. I was born in a first world country right off the bat. Where at? Montreal, Canada. Montreal, Canada. Okay. Okay. Uh, is that where you're at currently? Correct. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, and, and how did you kind of get into your space that you're in now? Yeah, for sure, man. So when I was in university slash college, I was like 19 at the time, I went to business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So all the guys <laughs> my age were playing like baseball or basketball or whatever the guys are into these days. I'm, I wasn't really into any of those things, Lorenzo. I was really about case competition, which essentially is presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. And then as I got older, I started coaching students, actually. People were younger than me because I was a student at the time because we didn't really have a coach to, to help people with their communication. I wasn't one, by the way. I was kind of just making shit up as I was going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and then the people in the students, they wanted my help because they wanted to win these competitions. So I wasn't charging them anything. It was kind of just students helping other students. So And and the goal with me was never to start a YouTube channel. That was never the, the aim. The aim was to become a a management consultant, which is like a prestigious job at a business school. Go make six figures, go enjoy life. I, I thought entrepreneurship was for losers, frankly. <laughs> Who couldn't get a six-figure job. So yeah, man, I, I, I did well for those three years. I got my dream job at IBM. But I had the idea for Master Talk, the YouTube channel, because I realized that everything I was coaching students on back then, now my today my clients are like executives and stuff. But back then, I had the idea for Master Talk because I realized that everything that I was sharing with the team with the students wasn't available for free online in the internet. Mm. Like, and you know, this is a student, we don't have zero access to free communication tools. Mm. So a lot of these students, they, they go to university, they go to college, they don't learn anything about communication. No one's teaching them. So I started making YouTube videos while I was working at IBM. And then a few years later, it, it turned into what it is. Dude, that's so cool. Um, uh, do you specifically spe uh, spend your time in communication, teaching communication? Oh yeah. That's hundred percent of my business now. So when I, I started the YouTube channel like January 2019, right after I graduated from university. I got my bachelor's degree. So I was like 22 at the time when I started. I'm, I'm not that old either. I'm 26 now. So it's only been like three, four years mm -hmm. since I graduated. But after, after I got my degree, I started Mass Talk literally a month later. And, mm -hmm. I was, and I was making videos while I was working in corporate. So I was doing my technology consulting job, which is my day job at the time. And outside of that, I was making YouTube videos, but it wasn't a business yet. Right. But it was only after a few years that my business partner at the time, and he still is, but back then he gave me the idea to start coaching executives for coaching money. And I was like, oh my God, like I can actually There's replace all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you get paid to do this shit. And that's, <laughs> and that's what happened, brother. So then I was able to replace all my income and then I quit to do this full time. Nice. Um, were you always, did you find that you were always passionate about this stuff or like, how did it come about? Like, did you just you have a passion for coaching or did you know someone tell you you got talents uh you know with your communication and you can teach other people stuff like this how, how did how did that switch go 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. I never really had a passion for communication. I mean, just just so you know, as well in the audience, Montreal is a city in Canada where most people need to know how to speak French. Mm. So it's like, it's, it's funny because it's only seven hours away from New York City, yet the culture is so different. So I didn't know how to speak French, but I went to French school my whole life because my, my, except uni, because my parents wanted me to learn the language, which of course they were right to do so. Mm. But my whole life, not only did I struggle with communication, I was presenting a language I didn't know. So I was looking at people in first grade, second grade, third grade, go, uh, bonjour. And that was, <laughs> that was my life growing up as a kid. And then the second strike is I have a crooked left arm. So when I was younger, it was really hard for me to make friends. Imagine you're like this crooked kid who doesn't know the, Eng- the language yeah. and who's like walking around like this. And I had like a cast for like the first two years of my education. Wow. And then the third thing was my bachelor's. You would think that I studied in communication I studied literally the opposite. I was an accountant. Okay, that's literally <laughs> what I did my bachelor's. And I graduated in accounting too. So yeah, man, that was never the goal. Communication was never, I never thought I had a gift in it. The reason I did those competitions actually was to get a job. It wasn't like mm. super, there's nothing romantic about it. It was like, I just yeah. realized a lot of these kids were getting internships at big major companies and they all did cases because a lot of these companies recruit out of that. Yeah. But then I just developed an unhealthy obsession over it. Nice. Yeah, uh, when you're talking about like, it's hard to find um, topics like these because they don't teach them. Uh, I know uh, I didn't really learn about personal development or communication till I was like, till I was 20, in my 20s, 22, 23. And then um, even like personal finances and, and like basic things that you think people should should know after high school uh, did not know. And it wasn't until like I started listening to podcasts about personal development and picked up um, the first book uh, that kind of changed my shift in, in paradigm was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which completely blew my mind. I, I read it at least once a year to, to kind of refresh wow. my mind on things like that, because like you said, it, it's not taught. But then once you grasp these principles and use them in your everyday life it has propelled my career forward and which is one of the reasons I wanted to you know create this podcast and talk to people like yourself because that way when someone listens to this podcast they can learn and you know kind of use it in their everyday lives um what what is something you know what does it look can you walk me through like a coaching session kind of like with your executives like what can we uh teach the people today Yeah, absolutely, man. Happy to. So let me keep it super simple today. I'll I'll give you three easy exercises that people can implement. So the first exercise is a question. And the question is simply this. How would your life change if you became an exceptional communicator? A lot of us, when we think about communication, Lorenzo, it's saturated in negativity, anxiety, and stress. Not the best environment to learn. A lot of us dream about our vacation, the expensive things we want to buy. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? <laughs> not really. Never. Never, yeah. right? So, so I would encourage people not to sidestep the question. Really write that down in a piece of paper. How would my life change if I became an exceptional communicator? Spend 10, 15 minutes outside of this episode that you're listening to and really reflect on that question. That would be the first thing I'd recommend because that way people can find the reason. Because for everyone, the reason is different. Some people want to get better at communication to become CEOs of companies. Mm. Others want to be politicians. Others want to be better stay-at-home mothers for their children. Others want to 
make more friends. Like for everyone, that reason is different. So by finding that one for you, for you, it might be, to, I mean, you're already great, but to be even better, it might be to be a better podcast host potentially, right? right? Definitely. Or me to be a better podcast guest as an example. So, so when we find that internal motive, Lorenzo, that's what fires us to do more things. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. The second exercise I'd recommend is called the random word exercise, which is super simple. You pick a random word like phone, like screen, like eyelids, like wall, and you create random presentations out of thin air. Mm. And what this does is it follows a principle that I teach called, if you could make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. Right? <laughs> that's so Same. good. Right. So, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate, yeah. it. I appreciate the support. But, but yeah, man, th- that's the key is whether we're at school, like the student mindset, let's say you're still in the classroom or whether you're in your corporate job, if you can talk about mangoes for 40 seconds, you could do anything in the boardroom just fine. Cause you're always talking about the same thing all the time anyways, most of the time. So that's the second piece, five minutes a day, five times a day. That's it. Pick five words, do five presentations, repeat every day, do that for a month and you'll be ahead of most people in your companies. And when you say, uh, when you say, sorry to interrupt, when you no, say, no, please. Uh, when you say create a presentation, do you mean like just talk randomly out loud to yourself? Um, is it like, uh, like what, what, is, what kind of presentation? Just, just anything? <laughs> you got throw a word at me. Uh, microphone. Okay. Lorenzo did not give me the word microphone, guys. So now I have to give a random presentation at dinner with no prep. So here I go. We're all looking for a voice. Every time that we wake up in the morning, whether it's sharing something that benefited our day with our family, whether it's trying to get on a phone call with a person that we love, whether it's trying to convince our boss to give us an extra paycheck, we're always trying to use our voice to make our lives more impactful. But in today's era, you don't need just a voice anymore. You need a microphone. A microphone that allows you to amplify your voice to the world. So what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for your boss to help you give you your microphone? Are you waiting for your family or somebody else to give you that mic? No, you don't need to ask for permission anymore. So just start. Go to buy that microphone. Put it on your damn desk and start sharing your voice because the world is waiting to hear it. So what are you waiting for? Take that microphone and share today right that's it Random oh my words. gosh i wish the, the listeners could see my face i was just like trying to hold it in <laughs> i'm just blown away out like perf- like that was such a professional uh little presentation there and uh i gotta go buy a microphone now <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it's funny lorenzo it's like people always say and, and i appreciate that I, I mean shit if i'm the one teaching the exercise it better be the one up preaching it right yeah <laughs> but but the point i want to drive lorenzo is it, people shouldn't compare themselves to me i've done the exercise three thousand times and i'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating that number mm-hmm. three thousand times but here's the fun part if you do this exercise five times a day which is only five minutes of your life and you do that for a year Mm-hmm. you'll have done it almost 2000 times you'll wow. be just as good as me it's just the difference between the people who win and the people who don't and you could probably guess is that the people who are winning the people who are winners who are listening to this episode have already booked 15 minutes in their schedule daily calls with themselves after listening to what i said and those people are going to win mm. and uh what, what was that third thing after i um 
before I interrupted you there. No, no you're good, that. man. You're good, man. It's good. It's good for clarification for the audience, anyways. So, so the third, the third exercise is the question drill. We've all been asked questions that we don't know the answer to, whether it's at work, whether it's at school from a teacher or a manager, or even on a podcast when you're guesting on one, you know, Lorenz asked me a question. I'm like, oh, I don't really think of that, right? Questions really dominate the way that we live our life. But there's an easy way to, to actually get really good at questions. So every day for five minutes, guess a question you're going to get asked, whether it's at work, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your career, spend one minute thinking of the question and spend the other four writing an answer to the question. And if you do that once a day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions. And if you focus it, let's say, just on your business or your career, you'll be bulletproof. And that's actually the secret behind my success, because as mm. you can tell, I'm, I'm just I'm the same age as you, but I coach a, probably, probably, but I coach a ton <laughs> of CEOs, right? And I've been doing this for seven years since I was 19. So how in the world do I have the confidence to coach these people? Because there's a lot of people with a lot more years under their belt than me. So the only way to speed up my learning so I can catch up to the people who have more experience than me and beat them was doing the question drill. So when I started my career, Lorenzo, all of my friends, I call them truth tellers. So they weren't very nice people. They all sat down and they just barraged me like with bullets of questions until I had an answer for everything. And that's the secret. If you're willing to do this once a day for a year, you'll be unbeatable in your industry. Wow. Yeah, it seems like the the secret to your success is uh, preparation and preparation builds confidence and um, you know, breeds more success, which is awesome. I think if, uh, definitely when I'm thinking, I'm going through questions in my head right now, like after we get off this call, that's what I need to do more is how can I come up with more questions? How can I be questioned and come up with answers and just be able to talk more and, and not just talk about nonsense, but talk about you know, maybe building it into a story or how can I build it into something else? And just by preparing, just builds more of a confidence. And I love that how you're doing right now. And just the confidence you have right now is just blowing me away. I can see why, um, you know, you would get all these clients uh, as CEOs is is because when I think of a CEO, I, I think, you know, um, it'd be pretty intimidating. Uh, how, how would you say like the first, you know, CEO that you got, uh, how, how did that go? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question, man. De definitely nerve wracking. I mean, there's some points in my life. I didn't know what I was doing, but there's a couple of points that I want to drive. One is I, I always believe in this idea, Lorenzo, and this, I got this from a coach called Dan Henry named Dan. And Dan always says that competence leads to confidence. So it's not just like that. My confidence was fake until you make it. I just jumped up and down. And I had that confidence. I earned that confidence. Yeah. Right. Through like hundreds of reps. I just knew more than the CEO at that point on this specific. He was probably, he or she was probably smarter than me, 90 other areas. But that one thing I knew yeah. more than they did. Yeah. And that was enough. But the other piece that I think is important to tackle is the idea of imposter syndrome. Yeah. right? Where we always feel like we're in a place where we shouldn't be. And how do we overcome that? And I'm probably the textbook example of that. I mean, how the hell did I get here at this point? <laughs> right? So here, here's what I would say. Okay, let me let me draw an analogy. What city are you from? I'll use you. Uh, San Jose, California. San Jose, California. Okay, Cali. Gotcha. So let me drive an analogy here. Super simple. Let's okay. say I came to San Jose. I've been to San Diego. I don't think I've been to San Jose before, but close enough. So 
let's say I come to San Jose and I say, you know, Lorenzo, I'm new to the city. I'm here for a week. What should I do? You'll probably tell me. You'll probably say, oh, you got to check out this restaurant. You got to go to this place. You got to check out this monument or something, right? You'll probably mm-hmm. tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and, right? In the same yeah. way that if you came to Montreal and you said, hey, Brendan, I'm in the city. What should I do, man? I'll probably tell you. You got to go to this chicken place. Unless you're vegan, don't go to the chicken place. But if you are, then if you aren't, then thank God, go to that chicken place. <laughs> right? Go go eat these bagels. Like, But isn't that weird, though, Lorenzo? Because we're not tour guides. Yeah. We're not uh, experts on travel. Yeah. Our, our dads aren't the mayor of San Jose or Montreal. Yet, we still choose to share this information. Something that we have no expertise in. That we should yeah, be definitely. <laughs> right? Whereas when it comes to our expertise the thing we spent years honing, the thing we actually spend time learning, we're hesitant to share that. Why is there a difference there? Why is there a misalignment there? Mm. Why is it that with some piece of information, we don't even bother thinking about the credibility behind it. We just go, yeah, yeah, just go to this restaurant. And we don't even, we don't even think, do, do I have the expertise to share this? Versus the parts that, of ourselves that we want to share, we're afraid to. And the answer to this dichotomy is or this difference rather is what is the definition of an expert and a lot of people think that an expert means you got a phd you got a master's degree and i beg to differ i think an expert simply means that you are one chapter ahead of the next person in that skill so in the same way you could probably teach me a thing or two about san jose about podcasting um, how do you have better student mindset i could probably teach you about communication right and that's the point is for you to overcome imposter syndrome you need to realize the following that the only way to do that is for you to start by being an expert to somebody which means starting with the person you're the most comfortable serving there's a great quote by ali gadet that i feel summarizes these thoughts well lorenzo the quote is this if you help one person the world will give you permission to help everyone else i didn't start with ceos right i started with kids even if I was a kid, I started with 15 year olds. Yeah. And then I started coaching people my own age. Like, let's say somebody like you, when we were mm-hmm. both 22 and then like a student, like in uni. And then after that, I started coaching people older than me. Then I started coaching seniors, then managers, then directors, then vice presidents. And then I worked my way up to C-suite. Mm. And then the last piece around C-suite is my first CEOs weren't like 40 years old. My first CEOs were our age. Like mm. they were tech CEOs that were, I was just friends with that I was just helping for free. That's how I built my first executive level um, coaching ability because they were running companies. I mean, they still had like five, 10, 15 employees. So I was able to transition that later in my career. Wow. Yeah, that was so much uh, information packed into that <laughs> uh, that uh, segment there. I'm just, I'm trying to uh, dissect it. Um, what would you say to you know, someone that's like, I'm not really an expert in one thing, but I'm pretty good at a lot of different things. Like, uh, like a master of none. I got it. My talent in, in, in this, like, I'm very good at this. I can do multiple things. Um, how, how does that kind of, uh, correlate with that person? hundred percent Lorenzo. And it's obviously going to be harder to do when you're younger, but here's what I would say. I would say, make a list of everything that you're good at and put it like in a Word document or an Excel spreadsheet. I like Excel's a lot, but you don't have to do it in Excel. You can just put a paper together. And it could be anything, networking. It could be talking to people. It could be being an accountant, whatever. And then the next column is write a number, one to 10. And the number answers the following question. On a scale 
of one to 10, how energetically excited are you to work on the skill or do this thing for the next decade? So on a scale of one to 10, how energetically excited are you to do this thing for the next 10 years? So it's one thing to be good at, to have some raw talent, but it's another to want to refine that talent. So I would write those numbers down and, and then ask yourself, why are some tens and why are some nines? That's the second piece. And then the third piece is figuring out how well you would do relative to your competition. You know, a lot of people think that comparison is the thief of joy. I don't actually agree. I think comparison is healthy if you know how to use it properly. It's a tool. So if you compare other people's Gucci purses, you're doing it wrong, right? But if you are comparing what it took for somebody to get there, like I'll give you an example. Why would I never become a basketball player? Very simple. I don't have the genetics for it. But the other piece is Kobe Bryant's a savage. Like when the guy was 11 years old, like a lot of people know who Kobe Bryant is, but they don't know what his kill list is. Right, they go, what's his kill list? Like, what is mm-hmm. that? Yeah, me, like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> right, exactly, right? And this is something, a principle I teach called uh, never say wow, always ask how. So never say wow, always ask how. And what that means is most people, they admire great people, but they don't really take the time to understand them. So when, when Kobe was 11 years old or 12, he made a decision to be the best basketball player of all time. So what he did is he made a list of the top 50 basketball players in the state who are his age. And, sorry, not in the state, in the country in the whole, in the all of us. So every time he would go to a basketball game when he was 12, 13 years old, hey, this guy's like like twenties or anything. He's just 12. Mm-hmm. And he would go and watch all the other basketball players and go, what is this guy doing? Oh, this guy's better than threes. That I am. And he would practice his gaps until he was so good all around that when he was 15, 16, he was the number one person on that list. And then he got drafted into the NBA two years after that. So that's mm-hmm. what it takes to be yeah. the best. So a lot of people don't know that. So when I look at Kobe's life, I was like, yeah, shit, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, but in other areas of life, I was like, okay, let me, let me keep it simple, Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. Why did I make the decision to be an accountant when I was 12, which is a kind of a weird thing to do because most people <laughs> when they're 12, they just want to be like astronauts or some shit. Yeah. Even if being an astronaut is like, just I just wanted to be awesome. uh, a professional sports player myself. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. There you go. Right. So, so when I looked at my report card, Lorenzo, I was a math wizard. Like I would get nineties in all my math exams, but I was garbage at everything else. Like languages, fifties, like I was just stupid in every other language, every other <laughs> subject. So being an accountant made sense because I looked at my the list of career opportunities and I was like, yeah, like being an accountant is what I should do. And I never changed my mind. And I was right to make that bet until I got to university and I thought of other careers. Same thing. Why did I, why did I leave my, I left a six figure job to do entrepreneurship full time, right? Like it wasn't like I was like, a, you know, making minimum wage or something, but I was doing very well. So I cut my salary by like 60, 65% to do master. Obviously now I, I've done fine, but when I quit, that was, that was the risk I took because I was so confident I was going to beat people. I was really confident. Wow. And the reason is because, do you know anyone else who's 26 years old and has seven years of experience coaching executives on communication and public speaking? Definitely not. <laughs> right? Exactly. So I had a massive advantage over everyone else. So what, why am I telling you all this? It goes back to Ikigai, right? There's, it's a Japanese term that just means what is the intersection between what are you passionate about? Uh, what are you good at? And there's probably a third one that I forgot, but I'll just say something different here that you see yourself doing for a long period of time. Right. Oh, sorry. I, I just remember the third that the world needs. So what, what are you good at? Right. What are you passionate about and what does the world need? So if you're mm. good and you're passionate about, I don't know, jumping up and down, that's not going to serve humanity. You can't make money off of that. 
So you need to be able to triangulate all of those things. And the answer isn't overnight, man. I think for right. most of us, the answer is finding a job and then figuring out the shit later. Yeah. And I, and I, and as growing up, you know, through my career, I, I started to realize that I don't know if you've noticed, but when I run into a lot of people and I have conversations like this, um, a lot of times you, 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 I guess you ideally, um, or I can't find the word, but you, you paint a picture, right. Of this person and you think the overnight success, right. Master talk overnight success, what it took years to master and and hone your craft um so i think i have i have that uh picture of painting all the time when i when i see somebody i paint this picture but then i realize it's like you don't they don't actually know everything <laughs> no one knows everything you know they're only experts or maybe not even experts but in their own industry so it's cool to see and, and cool to have conversations like this and figure out you know, I'm not the only person that doesn't know everything. <laughs> and there's so much more to learn, which is why I created this podcast, because I'm learning, you know, immensely from hearing from you. And I can go back and listen and, you know, build my own kill list and figure out what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, I, I didn't give you that idea. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But, you know, I think I think one quote that summarizes what you just said, which I think is absolute gold is the following, right? Average people think that they know everything. Smart people think that they know something and geniuses know that they know absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. right? So average people think that they know everything. Smart people think that they know something and geniuses know that they know nothing. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't, like for me, I don't consider myself done. Even if I said the seven year thing, I just I said it mostly to be integrity with your question, yeah. but not really to talk about myself. But I think the, the key is, I'm still getting started. Yeah. Like I don't even think I'm I'm even 1% of my capacity yet as a communication coach as an expert and it's that mindset that gets you to the top for sure. Mm, that's so good. Uh and I want to be uh mindful of our time here. We're kind of getting towards the end. It's crazy how time flies when you're having a great conversation. <laughs> this is fun. But I like to ask a couple of questions towards the end uh to you know for the listeners a little fun uh, get to know you. Um you know what kind of music are you listening to right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I listen to so many things. I would say the, the one highlight for sure, Spotify ranked me when I got my wrapped section. They said I was in the 0.5, not the 5%, the 0.5 of top listeners for Justin Bieber. So that's something I'm really proud of. <laughs> Super proud of. I can't believe yes. I beat so many people. I mean, it's that's, such I mean, Yeah, so I mean, he's, he has uh, millions of listeners, so it's insane. You got yeah, it there. I mean, forget hey, you're about ranked, you're ranked. I mean, like, I'm so up there. That's my biggest thing. Forget about Master. This is really my life's thing. <laughs> so that's one. I mean, I'm a big fan of Korean music. I love, I love Korean music. I'm nice. a big fan of Dean. He's a really good artist. And I love Afrobeat. I'm a big, I love to club a lot. So I'm always listening to cool party right. tunes. And yeah, that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how about books? Do you, do you read a lot of books or do you have a specific one that uh, you would recommend? You know, you would think I read a lot of books. I really don't actually. I'm actually terrible with books. <laughs> I'm more of a podcaster. So I listen okay. to a lot of podcasts, but yeah. I will give you one book that I always recommend when someone asks me the question. The book is called Thirst by Scott Harrison. Mm -hmm. So Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit he started to help the world gain access to clean water. Mm -hmm. And what I love about the book is a quote in it. And the quote is this, 
the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. And that mm-hmm. quote completely changed my life because I looked at my life when I was in my early 20s and I just asked myself, am I creating something that is genuinely going to live forever? Mm-hmm. And I realized the answer was no until I created Master Talk. Highly recommend the read. It completely changed my life and I'm pretty sure it'll change everyone else's too. It's so good. And uh, lastly, uh, if you were to have a billboard that you could share with the world, um, what would you have it say and why? I would have it say, be insane or be the same. You know, since for those of you who made it to the end of this podcast, I say congratulations, but I also say that you're probably someone who actually wants to do something important with your life since you're still listening to this. So here's the most important piece of advice I'll share, Lorenzo. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the people who do crazy things in life, the people who do amazing things, absolutely things that are crazy, are crazy people. Mm -hmm. Don't you find it odd that I started a YouTube channel, (laughs) not on pranks, not on music videos, not on skits, but on executive communication at the age of 22 with no communication experience besides obviously the three years I had. And then I went on to coach CEOs, a company who had worked longer at the company that I was alive. And I was able to do this full-time, make a great living for myself. Yet I still live in my mother's basement. I'm scared to drive the car that I bought my family. I dance alone in that basement for an hour a day. I can karaoke in eight different languages. We already talked about the Justin Bieber piece. How does any of this make any sense at all, man? And that, my friend, is the point. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, Mm. you're probably making the right decision. So be insane or be the same. That's so good. That's so good. I appreciate you, Brendan, for being on the podcast. Um, You know, where can where can people follow you other than your YouTube channel, which is called Master Talk? Um, uh, Can they do you on Instagram, Twitter, or where are you most uh, at these days? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Great conversation. So definitely the first there's two ways. The first one is the YouTube channel that you pointed out. So for Master Talk, just go there and you'll have access to hundreds of videos that are free. And then the second way, for those of you who are interested in coaching, I do a free live interactive Zoom call where I coach people for free. And I do this every few weeks. Everyone's welcome to it. So if you want to register for one of those calls, all you have to do is visit rockstarcommunicator.com. That's so good. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge and wisdom. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, And yeah. Appreciate you. Of course. Pleasure. All right. Take care, Brendan. Take care, bro.